Hundred and Sixteen on Pod along with Joe. How are we doing today, Joe? We've done too many podcasts. It's tough. Yeah, how about you? I'm just getting loopy at this point. We've only done two today. Well, actually, one today. We're doing the second one now. Yes. Nice break in between. We break up the rhythm. <laughs> Show's different this week because we have no movies or TVs to talk about. So that is, it's going to be a nice short show, Joe. Mm-hmm. It's always good when uh, my awkward quirks uh, come to light on air with your awkward quirks. Oh, and and we do our best to try to hide them from our listeners. That is true. When quirks collide is basically what mm-hmm. this podcast is. Isn't that something to do with the planet where Sinestro got his ring from? Uh, that was quarks. Oh, so close. Yes, so close. But uh, would you like to know what's on the show this week, Joe? Do I have to? Yes, I do. I want to. So uh, sad news to start out with the passing of a comic book creator. Sad. Um, Also, price guides and where they're going in the future. The fates of comic book day and free comic book day. Um, And also all the news that rolls out of like San Diego. There's a ton of stuff that popped up. Um, speaking of cons, we're going to talk about cons too. What we read last week, which was both Nightwing 94 and Do a Powerbomb 2. Um, what we're looking forward to this week. Uh, Todd and Joe have issues, which this is iteration is Todd and Joe Go Rogue, the battle for second place. Um, and I guess that's about it because you've already mentioned that there was no uh, spoiler filled talk of TV or movies at the end. That's right. So, uh, yeah, so uh, let's kind of start things off with some pre-San Diego stuff. And right before San Diego began, uh, news had come out that uh, legendary comic book creator Alan Grant had passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, um, you know, the, the message that we got was from his wife. Uh, that he had passed away in his, uh, that he had passed away that morning. Again, obviously, we didn't know... Uh, of any illness and a lot of times that's what's been happening lately as these illnesses of folks have been kind of kept quiet and rightfully so you know we have no business to know what's going on with these sort of things so when these things happen you know and it kind of comes out of nowhere and it's kind of like a gut punch you know yeah and i mean and seems to me you know, as we're getting older like you know our creators that we've grown up on are getting getting up there so you know it's yeah. like that old, that old uh Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull line. It's like I'm at that point in my life uh, where God stops giving you things and he starts taking them away kind of a deal. And I'm like, yeah, you know. Right. And, you know, obviously we'll get into the Alan Grant uh, stuff and his contributions and the stuff that we know of him and what we remember him for. But, you know, we just recently in the last couple of weeks, like uh, Paul Sorvino passed away. Uh, Tony Dow is on death's door. And then they, he pulled out. Um, you know, and these are people that are in like their mid to late seventies or eighties. And, you know, we just grew up with them in our lives, you know, through various forms of media, whether it be TV or movies or comic books in these instances. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not to be morbid, but here we are, like how many deaths of huge name creators have we done already this year? Like we're, I, I guess we're maybe like already at 10 for like the half year. Right, and then like you just had t- like two mega stars out of that between Neil Adams and George Perez. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, right off the top of my head, in case I'm snubbing anybody, but you get what I mean, you know? Yeah. 
So it just makes you, it just kind of like uh, makes you worried and, you know, kind of put your own mortality into perspective when you see all these big name creators and people whose work that you've read and admired and collected for all these years, you know? Yeah, like that old saying, give them the flowers while they're still here, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, you know, obviously Alan Grant was really big uh, in Judge Dredd stuff in the 2000 AD uh, over in the UK, but I would assume American uh, audiences, you and I, um, I think from his uh, American work would know him from doing a ton of Batman stuff and uh, being, I, I guess, the co-creator of Lobo? Yeah, uh, I don't know about that um, because he ended up writing the miniseries mm -hmm. with... Uh, uh keith giffen but keith had had introduced lobo years before in omega men 3 and i don't know if he wrote omega men 3 you know gotcha um and then he had him in justice league and uh legion before he did that miniseries that mm -hmm. that he's a part of but that's a famous you know that's basically telling him it, the telling of his origin he may have been he may have created his origin but yeah, so I, I, you know, whether he gets like a creator credit or not, you know, and who knows like how that being a book and a character that's like in perpetuity for as long as it has been. But at least on the Batman side, uh, he's credited with co-creating like Anarchy, Mr. Zazz, the Ventriloquist and Ratcatcher. So hopefully with like Ratcatcher and Ratcatcher 2 being in the Suicide Squad movie, you know, one could only hope that he got a nice check from that too you know yep yep like the guy who did i forget uh el diablo talks about he bought his mama house you know right and el diablo was in suicide squad for like what like 10 minutes maybe yeah yeah uh so yeah again he was just like a very prolific um you know mostly uk comics in dc i don't think he ever did anything or if he did anything it wasn't of note from marvel not that I can, that I remember. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, I just remember like a lot of those late 80s, you know, post the Keaton, Burton, Nicholson, Batman movie and into the early 90s. You know, his name was on uh, a lot of those Batman comics that I read, you know? Yep. I was talking with Adam the other day and he was like, because we were looking up, he's like, oh, Alan Grant, I don't remember that name, which shocked me because he... He did like that, those Batman comics at the time that, you know, Adam loved them. And he got off just before like all, like the breaking of the bat and all that stuff. Um, gotcha. He went off and he did the, not the Batman proper, but like maybe like Shadow of the Bat or whatever. Uh, he went and did, and then he did that for like 90 some issues. So yeah, he has a lot of uh, Batman under his belt. And the demon, the demon is what I remember him from more. Okay. Just before, uh, Garth Ennis took over. And, you know, he and we'll, you know, we could dovetail this into some other stuff that comes up a little bit later on. Um, he also co-wrote the uh, DC version of the Batman Spawn crossover. Oh, wow. Yeah. Maybe that'll be reprinted. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but yeah, Alan Grant, just like a force in comic books for, you know, the better part of like 20, 30 years. Yep, part of that British invasion that would go on to be famous. Yeah, for sure. Uh, another thing from uh, our, uh, I guess, 
past in our history. It was just recently announced uh, that Overstreet Price Guide uh, is going to do a digital subscription version thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pre-1992, you know, whenever Wizards, Wizard debuted, uh, the only way that you were able to really price what comics were worth was the Overstreet Price Guide. Mm-hmm. And it was something that came out, like, quarterly. Yeah. And, you know, you really didn't get uh, updated stuff, and that's really what folks use. And then Wizard comes out, and Wizard kind of grades on a different curve than what Overstreet yeah. did. And, uh, you know, and sadly, Overstreet, like, was still used by some of, like, the older shops and the older pros and stuff. But because of the infrequency in which the book came out, they weren't like the most up-to-date things. And again, of course, as internet comes along, then, you know, the market is now dictating itself and, you know, so forth. Uh, but the fact that now here in 2022 that they're finally going uh, digital online, you know, uh, it's a very interesting decision to make. Right. And the thing that jumped out at me was because I actually had to uh, talk to Adam about this the other day, too, was uh, that they're doing like an online thing where they're doing like, oh, you, you, you know, type in a character issues and we'll give you all the information about said issues, not just the prices. So I thought that was really cool. And because I really like a site that was like an IMDB for comics Mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, I I like Jonah Hex as a character. or I like Swamp Thing as a character. Um, If I punch their name in, maybe it would give me an alphabetical order of like all the issues that they were in. Or I like Kevin Maguire as an artist. Punch in his name, maybe it would give me a list of everything that he's done in a nice uh, kind of order. There was a site called, do you remember a site called Comic Book DB years ago? I do. Right. And then that went away. Somebody bought it just before the pandemic and they were supposed to like reopen it and do it again. And it went away. And that was the best one. Um, and since then, I haven't found anything like it. I'm hoping this would be a good source of information to look for stuff like that. So if you want to complete a run or a writer or an artist, you can, um, not just the price guide stuff that, but I, but I think that's cool. Yeah. So, you know, obviously it's, it's called, uh, overstreetaccess.com I think is the website, uh, not a sponsor, but maybe, you know, that's something I could look into when we're done here. Right. Uh, you know, the free version, you know, just has your basic data, publisher's title, story arcs, characters, contributors, stuff like that. And then it goes up the line, $3, $5, $9 a month. Uh, $3 lets you see pricing information, like the actual price guide part of the price guide website. Mm -hmm. Uh, $5 allows you to make a collection of, you know, want lists and stuff like that and access the mobile app. But it puts a cap on how many things you could have in your collection and so forth. The $9 a month version gives you all that other stuff and lets you do unlimited everything. Mm-hmm. You know who doesn't get any respect in the history of Price Guys, Joe? Mm. Do you remember Comics Value Monthly? I do. Like that, I just looked up because we were talking about all this because we were, we were talking about how like it went from Overstreet to Wizard. I found issues of Comic Value Monthly that were back in the in like mid-80s. So that would come out monthly – and have like the fluctuation of prices. I remember they would have like different things. Like they even had like what was hotter in certain areas of the country. 
It'll be like, oh, these books are hot in the Northeast section because of less distribution and everything like that. But uh, yeah, I just find that funny. Comics Value Month. I remember getting that every month to see what what my speculation was worth each month. Right. Um, also, I guess part you know as we kind of get into some of the San Diego stuff. Uh, Diamond announced that, uh, you know, they're back doing free comic book day for the first Saturday in 2023. And I'm almost certain that that's going to line up with one of the new releases in the film, uh, for May of 2023, if I'm not mistaken. It it almost always does. Well, you know, for the last, you know, coming up on two years ish, it didn't because, you know, things got rescheduled and so forth. Uh, but sad news for me is this year, uh, Halloween Comic Fest, a.k.a. Fake Free Comic Book Day, is going to be online only. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering if you are going to take any shots at that. Uh, I don't uh, know. Well, you know. I'm not going to take shots. I'm bummed. I love, uh, you know, Halloween Comic Fest, a.k.a. Fake Free Comic Book Day. Uh, you know, I enjoy buying the bundles of stuff. And, like, as the world is now kind of opening back up and... You know, even though I work from home for the super secret science job, um, you know, might have trick-or-treaters. I always like giving out comics and stuff. But I will say uh, this year, and maybe they knew it was coming, the uh, Pokemon company is doing a more concerted push for uh, Pokemon Halloween stuff this year for the first time in the United States in a very long time. Right. Like, I guess, like, in the candy aisle or whatever it is, there's going to be, like, Pokemon-themed Halloween stuff. So, uh, kids coming to the house ain't going to get comic books, but you're going to get Pokemon. Hmm. It's the first time hearing about that, so. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. What do you, we got a lot to talk about from San Diego. Where do, you know what? Hey, let me get this one out of the way. Um, just throwing this one out here. I always like to let our listeners know this sort of stuff. Um, you know, obviously you got it if you went to San Diego, but everything ends up coming up online anyway. Um, the DC, uh, universe infinite, whatever, like their version of the, um, Marvel unlimited, which is all the comic books and stuff. Right. Uh, they had a promo code for San Diego that it was 50 bucks for the year to sign up for the DC uh, digital online access. Now, it's relatively new. It's spun off of whatever the DC version thing was before it got enveloped by HBO Max. So I don't know how extensive the library there is. I'm sure you can get like a free trial or something like that. Um, but if you're like more of a DC guy and you want a ton of DC comics to read, uh, digitally go sign up for their thing for 50 bucks for the year. Right. And like the, you could find the code, but it's uh SDCC22QR. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I just like to throw that out there, you know? Okay. That's cool. Where would you like to begin, I guess, from our San Diego stuff? I, I would say just to bring it around to, like, a major company crossover, because we mentioned it earlier uh, with the Spider, uh, Spider-Man, Spawn, and Batman. Yes. Which, right. Uh, so it was announced that uh, Jim Lee and Todd McFarlane, along with Greg Capullo, are going to be doing another Spawn-Batman uh, crossover. Right. We talked about the initial one from back in the 90s. We talked about Alan Grant being one of the co-writers for the DC one. 
Uh, there was the image one that was done by Todd and Frank Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be like, I guess it's going to be another one shot. It's going to be coming out in December. Uh, they did say that the other two, the Marvel, uh, I'm sorry, the Marvel, the DC and the image ones are going to be reprinted ahead of this. And, uh, yeah, so this is, uh, interesting, you know, Spawn has kind of had like a little bit of a resurgence, uh, over the last year or so. And, uh, you know, Batman is always Batman. Right. And I like the fact that like DC still like, even though, you know, whatever's going on, they'll, they'll do crossovers with other companies um because like marvel isn't doing any of that it seems like and marvel and dc are never going to do a crossover in our lifetime i don't ever think so i think this is kind of cool to at least you know get it and you have the names that are involved um this is kind of stuff that like gets people excited so now it for me not necessarily but i like it for the industry you know what i mean like you know anything that puts you know people in comic shops or or to buy this kind of stuff or gets, you know, promotion because of it. I'm big on it, so. Well, 90s nostalgia is big, Todd. Yeah. You know, we, we do a Patreon show about <laughs> 30 years ago with the previews and everything, right? Right. Um, And I know we're, you know, these are coming out late 92. You know, you really want to hold things off, have them come out in 94, just like the original crossovers did. So they're 30 years to the whatever. Obviously, it's before we're recording, but DC is teasing that on Wednesday they're going to make their big uh, 30th anniversary Death of Superman announcement. Yep. Um, you know, so like I said, 90s nostalgia is big and it always will be. And it doesn't get any more 90s nostalgia when it comes to comic books than Spawn. But right. Todd, I'll tell you why I'm excited. Why are you excited, Joe? Because I have one of Spawn's seven first appearances. Oh, oh I did. You can only imagine that being part of a major crossover event with arguably the highest selling comic book character just by volume of the last five years, that's going to cause at least one of those 15 first appearances to start going up and up in value. I like our odds, Joe. Mm-hmm. Yes. We got a one in, what, seven chance now? <laughs> Uh, it's, it keeps going up. They keep finding more and more first appearances. Right, true. Still not getting a response from Todd McFarlane about what is the one true original first appearance of Spawn. Uh, it's his notebook from high school, Joe. Yeah, but that's one of one. That's not a mass retail so-ons and so forth sort of thing. You know what I would do if I was him? I would say it is the first appearance and then get it CGC'd, like take it. Mm-hmm. And get it CGC'd and be like, because obviously it'd be witnessed because it's him. Yeah. That is Mayan. And say that's the, and it's a one of one. And then when, you know, he wants to sell that, be a bit like a billionaire on top of a millionaire. Yeah. How many more baseballs? Does he still buy baseballs? Is that still a thing Todd McFarlane does? I don't think, I think he kind of maybe lost his shirt on that, but uh, mm. I'm hoping he gets into footballs or at least signed helmets or something. Yeah. Uh, so just to show you kind of where, uh, you know, I think the public mass media sensibility comes in for what gets announced at San Diego from D.C. The thing I think as soon as I saw this announced, I'm like, oh, this is something that Todd's definitely going to want to talk about as well, as am I, uh, that one of the new books that D.C. is going to be coming, uh, having coming out in the uh, last quarter of 2022 uh, is a new book called Gotham City Year One. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
written by Tom King with art by Phil Hester. I'm listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, main character in the book is Slam Bradley. <gasps> Catwoman's <laughs> definitive boyfriend. <laughs> he's our spawn. Yes. What's the first? Oh, no, he's from the original Detective Comics that predates uh, Batman. Right. Uh, I think he's actually like Detective Comics number one. Yeah, yeah, like number one. Yeah, like because uh, Batman was uh, 27. Yep, he's uh, 1937 Detective Comics number one. I'm sure you can get there, There's no um, question of like that's not like one of his seven first appearances, is it? Right, no, this is it. Maybe there was an ash can. You never know back in the day. They did have ash cans back then. Hmm. I'll look into it off air. But I'm excited for that book, you know? I am too. Like after, you know, Human Target, I'm back on the, I'm back on the Tom King train. So yeah, yeah, you know, not anything like renaming Dark Crisis, Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, not the new Halloween Lady that's going to be introduced in the Spider-Man books or the Spider-Man X-Men crossover. Like none of the comic book stuff from the big two really lit a fire under me, except for this. Right, because I just like you did mention the infinite uh, the the crisis thing that they they named. I was like, as soon as it was called like what it was, Dark Crisis, I was like, really, we're not adding the infinite crisis. And I swear to God, they're like, this was our plan the whole time. You never knew, and we're changing it now because I'm like, no, I I I'll die on this hill that it wasn't selling the way they thought it was, and they added infinite crisis on, on infinite arts later. And uh, because, like, Pariah is involved right out of the gate. I'm like, how how is it not an inf- a Crisis on Infinite Earths tie-in? Just yeah. constantly on Infinite Earths with every uh, company-wide crossover you do. And everything is a secret war at Marvel. Just, mm-hmm. uh, we get it. <laughs> Listen, it's branding. We understand. You're not fooling anyone. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's $5. Go buy a secret war. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, so also, uh, you know, San Diego uh, did bid and win and they got the rights to the Eisners, you know, and we're not that sort of show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was cool to see uh, Nice House on the Lake uh, get Best New Series, right. James Tinian get Best Writer, and uh, Not All Robots from Mark Russell get Best Humor Comic. There you go. Uh, so it's good to see, like, when the stuff that we read actually ends up being critically acclaimed. <laughs> It's almost like we know what we're doing, Joe. Yeah, you know. Uh, and I guess, so, you know, we're talking about, like, uh, the comic book stuff not setting us on fire. Um, DC, uh, you know, obviously we talked about it on the toy show this week, the difference between Marvel or Mattel, who has the World Wrestling Entertainment license, versus Jazzwares, who has the AEW license. Mm-hmm. where uh, Mattel has, like, all of their products and all their different lines, and they have days of debuts and panels and so much stuff. And, again, Jazzwares has a lot of, you know, things as well, like Marvel, or Mattel does. I keep saying Marvel, but, again, Mattel. Um, and Jazzwares has Fortnite and Pokemon and Squishmallows, and the AEW had, like, two detolfs and like one announcement and that was it right where dc on the tv and movie side 
was like, eh, here's the Captain Marvel 2 trailer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas Marvel's like, here's the next four years of projects. And <laughs> right. here's the new Black Panther trailer. And here's James Gunn. And he's going to bring people dressed like characters from the movie out. And like Marvel knows how to do the thing, man, you know? Yeah, and the one thing with DC, though, that I just want to touch on, and we'll get to Marvel's, I love the fact that some, like, dirt cheat website said that Henry Cavill is going to be at, you know, the DC, at San Diego, the DC thing, and they're going to announce, what you know, something. And he, like, it built up all that expectation. The, the, the Snyder people were like, we want Cavill at this thing. And the people who didn't like, you know, like Snyder stuff, like we don't. And then he doesn't show. And everybody's like demanding an apology, not from the website, but from DC and, and Henry himself. Like, why didn't they shoot down this rumor? Because if they shot it down, you wouldn't believe it anyway. I was right. laughing so hard. And I was like, that cluster happens. And it's like, it's like sad trombone, like when it's done. And then, like you said, here's here's the Marvel panel. And it's like one, like at least a triple, like every time, and then home runs. And I'm like, they just did not stop. And they have D23 to do yet, Joe. Like, yeah. I was just, I was blown away by the, the information that was coming out with Marvel. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, we expected some more clear stuff, but we got a ton of new announcements, some clarity of, like, what the order of stuff is going to be. Um, I'm, I'm excited about two things in particular, Todd. You tell me what you got. Um, I'm, I'm interested in Agatha Harkness. Yeah. Cause just because of the fun I had with that, um, I don't know if you know, they, they, they mentioned more, like they gave a date for Fantastic Four. Uh-huh. So I'm jazzed about that. And I'm jazzed for the fact that they're doing an Avengers Secret Wars thing, which, you know, and I don't think it'll be the Secret Wars uh, from, you know, one and two from the 80s. I think it's going to be a a more recent Secret Wars, and there's going to be a God Doom, and he's going to step on whoever's involved with the Avengers movie before it. Some... Wait a minute! Some time-traveling jerk. Well, you know, obviously, I'm excited that they said that a good chunk of, what is this, Phase 5 into Phase 6... I think it's the end of phase four into phase five. Okay. That they, they, um, the Marvel, Disney, whatever's are confident with, uh, having Kang, uh, be the one who's kind of leading the charge there, uh, as the driving force behind all of this, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and as, as am I, um, but I, even though I know it's not going to be the one that's tried and true to my heart, I know it's going to be the one that was teased uh, at the end of uh, Winter Soldier and uh, Falcon show. But we're getting a Thunderbolts movie. Joe, I think you are getting a Thunderbolts movie. I think you're going to get, I think you're going to have some characters that you know, and then you're going to have some reveals at the end of it, like during uh-huh. it, whatever, um, of what what it should be. But then I, I I have a weird feeling that Avengers the the Reign of Kang movie yeah. is gonna get a name change. And you think so? The, it's gonna be the Dark Avengers. I think they're gonna try and work the Dark. I keep saying that. Like you do not use Thunderbolts as a. I get I get the love for it, 
But as we talked about branding, Dark Avengers is going to sell more T-shirts than Thunderbolts. You think they're going to name change that, huh? Not maybe the Thunderbolts, uh, but the the I that that's the Avengers team. I think we're going to get in Kang. Okay, so instead of like how in our Dark Reign stuff, it was Norman Osborn in that position, having that group be his Dark Avengers. Yes. Um, Kang is going to have whoever this group of Thunderbolts be, like they're going to be the new Avengers that everyone knows or whatever he does to the time travely thing. Okay, I like that. Right. So, like, I don't know how. I'm not going to book it. But, yes, though I do think it'll come out of they mentioned the Secret Invasion miniseries. Like, right. that'll be part of it because that kick-started, you know, stuff that would bring uh, upon uh, – Dark Rain and stuff like, or the Dark Avengers, like it's it's all kind of there, but I just gonna see how all that plays out. Yeah. So, um, the other thing, of course, I was happy to see so much focus on uh, Daredevil stuff. We're getting the uh, Echo miniseries, and then we're getting the eighteen part Born Again uh, TV series for Daredevil. That was the, I, I was not shocked by Echo because I knew they were kind of doing it. I was not shocked by them bringing Daredevil back because, spoilers alert, he was in one of the movies already. But I was shocked when the when the phrase 18-part series popped up. Right. That's a bit much. <laughs> but we'll Well, we'll listen, it, it needs a lot, you know? Right. It, we'll see. And then um, D'Onofrio tweeted the other day. They're like, when all that news came out, he was like, he just tweets out, when I was a boy, and I was like, "Oh boy, here we go." Uh, but the other thing I'm uh, uh, I'm surprised is missing uh, is a Young Avengers show. Um, they still, I think they still need to get the pieces in place. Okay, I think because hey, who knows? Maybe that war against Kang will be the Young Avengers events Kang instead of Dark Avengers. It'll get yeah, another yeah, that's true. You know, like. And, and, and in the comics, spoilers, everyone, uh, Kang does have ties to the Young Avengers. Yeah, isn't it Iron Lad? Uh, yes. Okay. Spoilers for a 15-year-old comic book story, but yes. Well, I won't get into Thunderbolts then, but... Uh... <laughs> spoilers for a 27-year-old comic book story. But yeah, you never. I think like this, Joe. Like when you have as many TV shows and movies over the next just two years, almost three alone. There's so many places you can start all that. You know what I mean? You don't have to have a thing called the Young Avengers. You can have them pop up in in a bunch of stuff, and you're good to go. I'm actually surprised there was no X related anything, other than cartoon stuff like that. But. Yeah, I, I, maybe they're still trying to iron that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The long game, Joe. The long game Disney's playing. For sure. Well, again, like I said, they have plans all the way out to, what, November 2025? So... Yeah, because they still have... They had, un, like, no name... Like, to-be-determined movies, which, like we said, will, I said, probably will be at D23. They'll tell us what they are. Yeah. Which I think one of those is definitely a Deadpool movie. The third one. It would have to be, right? Yeah, because that one would be in the hopper. And, like, literally you could do all kinds of fun stuff with that. Uh, you know, going to the... He could be the critique of Marvel Fox going to, to, to Disney. 
Right. You know, and the for the fur and the furthest out we have on uh DC is August of next year is the Blue Beetle movie. Yeah. Um and who knows when the Flash movie will drop. Uh I had to, like I said, I had to re reorganize the list, you know? Mm-hmm. Um the Flash currently is scheduled for June of 2023. <sighs> okay. Uh but you know, it it'd be nice to get some sort of information on that. I hope that comes out for my birthday. That's the present I want. Yeah. Oh, Ezra Miller on the big screen. And then I have the Marvels on here twice. I got to fix that. But anyway. That's fine. When you have that finalized, let me know. Yeah, yeah. I'm right on top of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So like I said, it was a busy San Diego Comic-Con, eh? Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, uh, there's conventions this weekend, you know, not to say that San Diego had the market cornered, but San Diego is still pretty big, right? Right, right. Uh, so we got a bunch this weekend. We have the, uh, Fountain City Comic Con, uh, in the, uh, Kansas City area. A little bit smaller, but some big name creators there. Uh, the aforementioned Mark Russell, uh, Phil Hester aforementioned, Dennis Hopeless and Chris Burnham are going to be there. Right. Uh, we have Terrific Con taking place at the uh, Mohegan Sun up in Connecticut this weekend. Yep. Uh, you know, not as many media guests that jump off the page for me, but tons and tons of creators are going to be there. Uh, John Romita Jr., Dan Jurgens, Jerry Conway, Garth Ennis, uh, Ryan Otley, Asad Ribic, who I don't think gets out much, you know? Yeah, he, I, he does... A couple East Coast cons because yeah, uh, Mark Bagley, Cully Hamner, uh, Tony Harris, Franco uh, of Art and Franco, Tiny Titans fame, Mike McCone, Robert Venditti, Dan DiDio is going to be there. And you didn't do your impression? Oh, good. No, good. the the impression's kind of dead. It, it doesn't sound right in my head anymore. You know. Okay. Um, but I would say, um, you know, before I did my, uh, due diligence and research for the show, I would have said that Terrific Con was the big one for the weekend, but nay, Galaxy Con in Raleigh, North Carolina is the big one, Todd. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter David, Becky Cloonan, uh, Tula Lote, Raphael Albuquerque, Steve Orlando, Kyle Higgins, and, you know, that's on the comic book side, but on the media guest side, Todd, batting down the hatches. Right. From the world of sports and entertainment, uh, Matt Hardy, uh, Jeff's, I don't think, allowed out in public these days, uh, Hangman Adam Page, uh, Ruby Soho, Anna Jay, Chris Statlander. These are people that you'd be a fan of. Oh, okay. Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh, Uh, see, I think he should be at the casino one, so... mm. Well, I think Jake needs to stay away some, from some vices, you know? Okay. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter, Ricky Steamboat, and your favorite, Kabuki Crow himself, Sting. Oh, getting that uh, convention money. Getting that Sasha Banks money, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, of course, we have, like, Kevin Smith and the whole Clerks 3 crew. So if you want to peddle your Navy SEALs opportunity, there's at least two other cons, not in North Carolina, to run those at. Mm-hmm. Um, all of like the principal players from Smallville are going to be there. Uh, oh, Allison Mack? No, well, almost all of them. Okay. Uh, I think, uh, due to be released. So, uh, uh, that's a big question, Mark. I'm going to have to get back to you on that one. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, but you know, like uh, Tom uh, Tom Welling, uh, Michael Rosenbaum, John Glover, Erica Durance, uh, Kristen Couric. You know, like the big ones. Except for I, I forgot about what's going on with poor Allison Mack. What a shame. <laughs> Right. Uh, I was um, like, when you said that, the Smallville group, I'm like, I know one ain't going to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brendan Fraser is going to be there. William Shatner is going to be there. And oh, Todd, my- I'm not sure what order to to entice you with these to fuel up the chopper to head to Raleigh, North Carolina this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Brett Spiner is going to be there. Oh, Bob Wheeler from Night Court. That's right. Uh, star of Megaforce and nothing else that I can think of. Barry Bostwick is going to be there. I just kissed my thumb and put it out, Joe. Of course you did. <laughs> and uh, Breck Basinger is going to be there. Stargirl. There you go. Look at that. That is a trifecta, Joe. That's a Todd trifecta if there ever was one. And and if uh, a certain artist was, was at this con, this was the one I almost flew to last year, remember? <laughs> Yes. And if, like, you added that artist. Oh, I remember you tweeting out about it, like, on a Thursday night. You're like, hey, if anyone's going to be at this convention, let me know. I'm really thinking about, like, buying a plane ticket to go. Joe, that story, like, everybody thinks that I was, uh, honest to God, that, like, I was doing a bit or something. Oh, I, was I love cl- bits. You do. I was close I was close to going. I was not just a goofy small lad doing a goofy small skit. I was going to go. <sighs> who is the artist again? Remind me. I forget Moritat. who the artist Moritat. Huh? Okay. I don't think he was on the list. I would have recognized no. his name. No. Um, I'm in email contact with him right now. So Him or his rep? actual straight up him he was the one that i had a good time partying with at one of the dc parties the (laughs) one where i yelled at the goth kids out in front of a dance club sure Um, that that and i ended up bringing that up and he's like i remember that night he's like (laughs) i'm busy right now but keep in touch with those emails don't have to tell me twice Mm -hmm. uh and hey all the links to all of those conventions will be in the show notes uh, along with every single one of these episodes uh, along with soon to be named network.com at soon to be named network.tumblr.com, all the shows in the soon to be named network. Uh, anytime they go live, of course, you can get them from their individual sites, you can get them from their individual podcatchers. But hey, if you use a shoddy, out of date podcatcher on your uh, subpar phone, what's better than just going to one website and everything's right there, right? <laughs> right. And anytime any of these folks from any of these other shows show up on any other shows and they let me know, they'll all show up there too. Whether it be Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, We Need Wrestling, At Odds With Wrestling, Profane Arguments, Puzzle Warriors 3, Hit My Music, Wings on Wings, Porch Talk, and maybe something else soon? Ooh. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, so uh, definitely uh, check that out, of course. Check out a uh, friend of the show, West Coast retailer extraordinaire Mike Sterling's uh, blog, website, Progressive Rune. He had a lot more discussion than we did in regards to DC's branding of Crisis on Everything Earth, you know? Right. Uh, he kind of did that a little bit better than we could. Uh, Chris Schweizer's uh, art book is available 
uh, for purchase here in a link. Uh, you can go check out our friend Kevin's uh, blog at masklibrary.com. You can check out our friend Rick Williams' uh, store at freekaratechops.storeenvy.com. All the cool uh, resin, glow-in-the-dark, uh, sci-fi, fantasy, wrestling things that he does. Uh, Jason Sandberg's Jupiter and Chris Runt's Battle Monsters, two longtime listeners of the show, both of whom who have put out their own self-published comic books. Definitely check those out. Uh, and adding to the list uh, is a new one. Uh, I, and again, I don't want to say friend of the show, but definitely friend of ours. Yep. Uh Dave Tomain, uh, and again, he's a he's a an artist of many different uh, forms. He's a musician in the band Cave People, and he's been in lots of other bands, but that's his current band. Uh, you know, I said on uh, Ad Odds this past week, uh, his music and I, it's not my type of music, but, mm -hmm. you know, again, I want to support my friends, and he just actually uh, recently put out a self-published comic book uh, of his own, entitled Keeper. It's a 48-page, I'd say, graphic novel, if you will. Right. Uh, of coming home and lost and walking around in the woods and the things that you take with you. Uh, you can go check that out and some preview art for it over at keepercomic.bigcartel.com. Uh, you know, Davey's someone that we've both known for a very long time. Davey? I'm like the father Davey didn't want. <laughs> I always look, I always really like, and he's got to be, I God only knows how old he is, but I will always call him Davey. Oh, he's Davey uh, Jr. Yeah, Davey Jr. Because, yeah. When, you know, Dave was, is the owner of the shop. And when you want to talk to somebody, you'd say Dave and they'd both answer. So he became Davey Jr. And like I said, I, there, there's not many people in the world that I truly respect, but D Davey is one of them. Yeah. Like him going off to like help build houses in Africa for a while, like he did for a little bit. And like, always, like just the nicest guy you're ever going to meet. Um, so when he did, like did this, I was like, I, this is a no brainer. I'm picking it up. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, I want to read it. Uh, but like I said, I such a nice guy. Uh, 100%. Uh, and like I said, I saw this. I, I wish I saw it last week. Uh, you know, so we could have plugged it last week, but it was one of those things like it came out as we were recording. Uh, but it's in the show notes permanently, and uh, I'll check it every week to make sure that it's for sale in case he puts something out, says that it's no longer for sale. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, I got my shipping notification on it too, so I'm looking forward to uh reading it and talking about it here on the show, you know. One last thing on him. The only bad thing that I could say about Davey is that I think he wants to be known for his tattoos. That's it. <laughs> well, again, I don't think he listens to the show, so he'll never know that you're burying him. No, I'll tell you that story off air. All right. Uh, but we mentioned Davey Jr. Now, of course, is Davey Sr., uh, and that <laughs> is the owner and proprietor of Comics on the Green, which is uh, Todd and I's comic shop of choice. Uh, if you do not have a comic book shop in your area, you do not have a good comic book shop in your area, let our shop be your shop. We have a link to his Facebook page where he does a lot of his new release announcements, uh, upcoming book announcements, and just generally that's his social media platform of choice. You can find out and look up information about their mail order subscription service, get your books mailed to you weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, and if you do, there's a chance you might get a sketch from our good friend Becky. Her social media is all linked up there as well, so you can see her process, uh, her finished pieces, her prints, and everything else that she's up to uh, in her world of fabulous art. 
Yes. So that section of plugs out of the way, let's get into what we read from this past week, eh? Right, and I think I will start with the book I was looking forward to most, which was a Nightwing 94, written by Tom Taylor with guest artist uh, Geraldo Borges. That's how you say his name, I guess. Borges. Um, Basically, after the events of last issue, um, that they find out that the people who were causing the commotion to uh, basically make it look like the 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 the, the homeless people of uh, Bloodhaven were doing stuff, uh, it was the cops. So basically, uh, Dick and Barbara end up running this uh, opportunity on the chief of police, telling him information that may or may not be true to make him run, kind of a deal. And he's going to take some insurance with them, and they're like. We get that insurance. Uh, we can blow this whole case wide open. Uh, while that's going on, uh, the Dick's sister, who's Melinda Zuko, who's the mayor of Bloodhaven right now, um, and is kind of the mole inside with Blockbuster, is you know dis- discussing things with Blockbuster because he's not happy that things are going south, and the fact that he thinks that there may be a mole in the group and who that is. Um, and it may not work out so well for Melinda because somebody else might be taking the rap and everything. Um, I really like this issue. Once again, Tom Taylor is a great artist, but I may have made a different choice in the book. I was looking forward to, uh, most if I had known that it was a fill-in artist instead of Bruno Redondo, not saying that this artist is bad, really, really great. Even does some stuff that, uh, that, uh, Bruno Redondo would do in this, like the panel layouts and stuff like that. But, like Bruno Redondo's like right now one of the few artists who will move the needle for me in comics. So seeing that it wasn't him kind of made me a little sad. And that's like the only knock that I have against this issue. Yeah. And so that's one of those things where I didn't notice until I noticed. And then when I noticed, I really noticed. Right. You couldn't stop noticing after that. Yeah. Um, but this was a really good issue. Um, this is another one of those books where, uh, you know, we, you and I typically don't read the solicit text, especially in a book that we're already in the midst of reading. It's just like, okay, it's still the same creative team. There's the data comes out. No problem. I'll be there. But like the solicitation text gives away what I, you know, thought was like two big things that happened in the book. Right. Right. Uh, one being, um, you know, how everything kind of falls apart for the police and that it happens in this uh issue and that maggie sawyer from superman essentially comes in as the new commissioner of bloodhaven right like i'm like oh wow look at that you know and then like i sit here and i look at the notes and i'm like oh it's right in the solicitations you know yeah and i that slipped my mind the maggie Sawyer, which is really interesting because i i like maggie sawyer and dan turpin is there too so yeah and like they kind of get a little bit more in the solicitations about how much blockbuster is like putting the screws to the mayor you know right uh, but like I said, this is a this is a really good issue. Um, you know, Tom Taylor's been doing a great job with Nightwing, and I would never say that Nightwing is one of the more easy characters to write. Uh, but if he's one of those guys, uh, one of those characters that if you could find your voice for Nightwing, there's not a better comic that you could put out there. Yeah, if you can get into that groove, you're good. Yeah. Uh, so the other book uh, that I was looking forward to coming out this week uh, was Do a Power Bomb. Uh, number two, uh, written and drawn by Daniel Warren Johnson. 
I'm guessing you did not read this. No, because I didn't read one, so I didn't get two. Okay. Uh, so uh, I'm going to start this off by saying no spoilers. Okay. Because okay? uh, there's a huge last page reveal in this issue uh, of already of what's been kind of established in the book, right? Uh, so previous issue, uh, Lona is a young girl. And she sees her mother, who's a professional wrestler, die in the ring. Uh, could be more nefarious forces at work in regards to this. And at the end of issue one, a person shows up and essentially tells her that she, uh, Lona, can bring her mother back to life. Okay. Uh, we find out who this person is. He's an interdimensional traveler uh, who's gone all over every dimension that you possibly can. And the one thing that sucked him in, uh, in all other dimensions and all other things, was professional wrestling. Oh, that is a multiverse of madness right there. <laughs> it certainly is. Uh, so he, uh, as part of his uh, time-traveling multidimensional powers, uh, is going to be holding the Death Life Tournament. Uh, and if Lona can win this Death Life Tournament then she can bring her mother back to life. Um, the, the catch to this is, and there's a fun bit that I think that you would enjoy of all people, Todd. Okay. Uh, as he kind of lays out what's going to happen in the book. Um, and she kind of looks at him and pauses and says, but pro wrestling, it's scripted. The outcome is predetermined. There's a pause a panel break, and he goes, ha ha, good one. Lola, talented and funny. I love it. Now, enough joking. <laughs> so, obviously, while he may be a multi-dimensional traveling necromancer, he hasn't quite figured out that uh, pro wrestling might not be on the up and up. Or, or, wrestling's in bed with the devil. One or the other. Um, as of this Friday, not as much. Um, <laughs> but... So the 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 rub to the um the rub to the tournament is that it's a tag team tournament. Uh so Lona uh, Lona has to go and find a partner. And that's where like the rest of this story kind of goes for the rest of this issue. And uh there was a last page reveal that I didn't see coming. Maybe a couple other people uh that I talked to did and uh yeah, it's this is a really good book. Uh, if you're a fan of professional wrestling, if you're a fan of like action stuff, the, he he uh, uh, Johnson draws a death match in this issue. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, you know your typical standard 2022 death match, uh, where they're using uh, barbed wire and light tubes and all sorts and forks and all sorts of stuff like that. And it's drawn beautifully in a horrific way. It's these huge, big, sweeping panels. And if you're a wrestling fan, it's it's just amazing. Um, right. This is quickly becoming one of my favorite books, two issues in. Well, it's, you know, it's your favorite topic, so. it's Listen, it's my two favorite things. If she catches a Pokemon in the next issue, then oh. it's cemented, you know? There you go. <laughs> And then she eats a big cheese, uh, big cheeseburger. Listen to me, a big hamburger. Let's not. Oh, go I was going to say cheeseburger. Cheese. What did you get? A blow to the head? Show? Oh. 
I've been working on a bloated foot these past couple days. Oh, but okay. anyway, uh, yeah, so definitely check out um, Do a Powerbomb. Uh, the first two issues are out there. I don't think it's sold out or anything like that, but uh, it's definitely worth your while. If you're a wrestling person, you're a comic book person. Yep. Uh, so that's what we read this past week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, if you head over to longboxheroes.com every Tuesday around noon uh, Eastern time, we put up the pull post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them sent to your home, however it is you get your books, be forewarned, be forearmed, know what's coming out this week. Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Todd is currently in the lead over me with five uh, correct guesses. Uh, let's see uh, how we could shake things up, maybe. This is a tough week, Joe. Yes. This is a tough week because I'm looking at some interesting stuff on this, on this stuff. Uh, but... I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I may saw it off and hurt myself. Um, is the book you're looking forward to most Superman Space Age number one? No, it's not. It's I Hate This Place number three? It's I Hate This Place number three. Okay. Uh, and Todd, you, you, you know, any other week could have been Superman Space Ace, written by Mark Russell with art by Mike Alred. Uh, mm-hmm. Could even been Amazing Spider-Man number six, which is technically Amazing Spider-Man like 900 or 1,000. I know it's a big book because there's like 15 covers and it's 12 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Could have been Ant-Man number one, um, you know, the beginning of that series. And it could have been Variants number two even because we love the first issue so much. Right, right. Uh, but I got to I gotta stick with my favorite. I got to stick with the winner. And uh, I hate this place. Number three is the book. Uh, and I'm going to say that's the book that you're most looking forward to coming out this week as well. It is. It is. Um, I was just going out on a limb, like I said, because I know you were you were just like absolutely like jonesing for yeah. Mark Russell doing Superman. Yeah. So, I mean, most likely we'll talk about it. And then, Joe, to tell you the truth, uh, like any other week, uh, Genus Vell Captain Marvel number one by Peter David. For me, that yeah. was that was in the running, you know, with. Our fandom of Kyle Starks, if we took I Hate This Place out of the mix, I was going for the Genusville Captain Marvel book because I'm almost certain that it's written by uh, Peter David, right? Yep, it is. Yeah. It definitely is. I don't know who's doing the art, but yeah. And I've I've stood by this. Like, uh, for it's my favorite of the stuff he did at the big two um, by Peter David. Uh, but uh, so I was like, yep. So we'll probably be talking about a few books next week, you know. Even more than uh, his uh, Hulk? You know what? The Hulk is a super long run, but I had so much fun reading the Gina's Val run. But you know what? It might be re- recency bias. You know what I mean? Like, because it was more recent. But that Hulk run is is great. But I don't know. I really like cosmic stuff and then Gina's Val version. So, And it had a, it had a, a title of a book called... One down, when to go? Can't beat that. Anytime there's a good pun, you're all over it. Yes, I am. Uh, so while you're uh, over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out all the other stuff that we have there, uh, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark. And of course, uh, in the slot for Todd and Joe have issues here in 2022, uh, the Silver Standard, a.k.a. Todd and Joe Go Rogue, a.k.a the determination of who has the second best rogues gallery in all of comics. Uh, we all know the flash 
uh, has the best rogues gallery in all of comics, contrary to some tweets that you and I were tagged in multiple times this week. <laughs> uh, again, they should have been saying, we all know the Flash is the best rogues gallery, but who has the second best? Is it Spider-Man or Batman? Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see that people out there know that Spider-Man and Batman are number two and number three, respectively, uh, but they need to give the Flash a little bit more love. That's right. Respect. So we, Todd and I, have been, uh, with the help of listener Grinch McScrooge, put together a big tournament of all the bottom-of-the-barrel villains for Batman for Todd, Spider-Man for me, pitting them against each other in a single elimination tournament. And uh, we are in the second round, moving right along. Uh, we are getting some Batman versus Batman matchups. Uh, but this was a uh, Spider-Man versus Batman matchup. And uh, Todd, who moves on to the next round? Um, Could it be... Green Goblin Triss. Green Goblin number three, a.k.a. Dr. Bart Hamilton. Uh, again, Magpie's too good. And uh, I, I would be remiss not to mention, uh, listen to the show, Matt Fish mentioned, uh, he put that panel up of Superman saying Magpie is a good villain. And I know you said that was just Superman being nice. Right, which is uh, his- But listen, you know, however, however it is I win is however it is I win, you know? Right, right. So that made me sad, but what are yep. you going to do? You know what makes me even sadder, Joe? What's that, Todd? Is when a Batman villain goes up against a Batman villain. Oh, nothing makes me sadder because I'm losing a ringer no matter what happens. For sure. And this week, uh, the Masquerader, which I've discussed already on the show, is you know his whole thing was Masquerade. His outfit is absolutely ridiculous. But he was a tailor, so hence Masquerade. I don't know. But uh, this week is uh, the Made of Wood Killer 2, Joe? So, two. Two, that's right, two of them. But uh, the f- So basically, the first Made of Wood Killer was a guy in the Golden Age who was an immigrant who came to Gotham City. And he was, uh, he was, he loved the Golden Age Green Lantern, Alan Scott, because he was what everybody aspired to be. And he was like, he protected the city, all parts of the city as an, immig- as an immigrant. He protected his parts, too. And he ended up looking up in the sky one day with his family, and there was Green Lantern fighting the sportsmaster. And he's like, this guy has sports weapons. How's he going to beat the Green Lantern? So, obviously, sportsmaster's got a wooden bat, cracks him in the head, ends up you know, fighting him. One of his exploding baseball rolls into his store, blowing it up, thereby ruining, you know, this guy's vision of what Green Lantern is because he flies away kind of defeated by the sportsmaster. And he's like, he takes up that bat and becomes a murderer, which I would say is a decent origin story. If the villain I had picked was the Maid of Wood Killer 1, (laughs) the Maid of Wood Killer 2 turns out to be his grandson who finds the bat and his notebook in modern day and just walks around Gotham giving random victims the El Caban and (laughs) just gets caught by Batman in a modern golden age and they put him away. That's it. He's a guy who found a journal and a baseball bat and cracked a couple people in the head and he gets put in jail. That's... That's it. That's the end of the story. And the worst part about it is the fact that, like, he's the made of wood killer. So he's got a baseball bat. Does it say made of wood killer on it? No. Literally the bat. He's using a bat that says 
Sportsmaster on it. That's what was handed down. That's his legacy is a bat from another, you know, sketchy villain, even though he's kind of cool in uh, Stargirl. Um, but he's like, oh, he doesn't even have his own made a wooden killer bat. He's terrible, Joe. Absolutely terrible. That'll be for Made of Wood Killer 3. Oh, okay. Is there already a Made of Wood Killer 3? No, there's only been two of them. So Okay. I wonder what you would do with two Made of Wood Killers. Well, <laughs> I could tell you, but this is the clean show. That's right. I know, uh, I guess I'm going to have to throw my support behind uh, Masquerader this time. Uh, so you want Masquerader to move on? I want Masquerader to move on. That's my pick. I, um, I feel bad. I can't pick one or the other. So I think whatever one the people pick will be the worst one. So Okay. I, I say if you want Spider-Man to win this tournament, vote for Masquerader. Mm. That's, that's where I'm throwing my support. Well, you, you support whatever you want. I'm going to. Uh, so, hey, while you're over at longboxheroes.com uh, as well, be sure to check out our store, a uh, little button there right underneath the main show banner. Uh, you get shirts and pins and stickers with our fancy logo on them. Uh, if you want more designs inspired by this show, uh, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Add Odds with Wrestling, Final Wrestling Place, Hit My Music, Fig Daddy Cool. You could head over to our Tee Public store. Uh, 35% off all purchases from now until Sunday. And uh, you can get uh, those designs and everything from cell phone covers to notebooks to everything in between. Uh, you could also sign up for our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash longboxheroes. As little as a dollar a month, you're going to get two bonus shows every month from Todd and myself. Uh, one, uh, discussing the films of independent filmmaker Mark Pirro. Uh, is he back to form? You know, you'll find out this month. Uh, and previewing the past, looking at 30 years ago, uh, this month's previews catalog. Uh, you know, we talked at the front of the show about some 90s nostalgia. That's what, you know, previewing the past is. Uh, that dollar is also going to get you a uh, full color, high quality professional scans of those previews catalogs. Um, all of 92 to date is up there. All of 91 is up there. And most of 90 is up there. Uh, that's what I should be doing with my time is getting the rest <laughs> of 90 up there. There you go. Um, but like I said, even if you just want to look through those when you're listening to the show or just look to see what was available in the world of comics 30 plus years ago, you know, it's uh, it's always an interesting look, you know? Yes, um, it is. I'm sorry. No, yes, it is. I was agreeing. At, and at the uh, $5 level, you're going to get those two podcasts uh, two weeks before everyone else. And you're also going to get uh, Longbox Heroes After Dark two days before everyone else so that you can listen to these shows uh, released weekly in the correct listening order. Uh, another way that you can support us, of course, would be making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon click-through. It's the banner at the top of the page at longboxheroes.com. The affiliate link is also in the show notes to every single one of these episodes, no matter where it is that you get these episodes. Um and, uh, you know, they, Amazon, call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Todd happy uh, at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the money. Yeah. Uh, so uh, some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week include uh, somebody purchased the Marx Brothers movie Love Happy on DVD. 
Oh, okay. I was wondering what that was because in the email it was DVD Max Brothers. I was like, yeah. I wonder if that's something different. Uh, I am a misspeller and make many typos. There you go. Uh, somebody also purchased the Teen Titans Go DC Superheroes Girls Mayhem in the Multiverse Blu-ray. Ooh. Uh, Not madness. Not madness. No. Mayhem in the Multiverse. There you go. Uh, sadly, my kid has gotten out of Teen Titans Go, which means I've gotten out of Teen Titans Go. Uh, but Teen Titans Go is a much more fun show than it has any right to be. Didn't you always say it's just, uh, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia? It's always sunny in Philadelphia for little kids, yes. There you go. And uh, you know who my favorite member of uh, the Always Sunny in Philadelphia cast is? Who, Joe? Dennis. Oh, Dennis is a good character. Great yes. name, by the way. Uh, somebody also purchased the Kindle edition of The Dark Tower 2, The Drawing of the Three. I never read them Dark Tower books. Neither did I. Yeah, you know, when I was in, like, uh, late elementary, early high school, I read a lot of the Stephen King stuff, but I never read any of the Dark Tower stuff. I just never got to it, you know? Yeah, I was the same way in high school. I read, like, uh, Firestarter, the, uh, uh, Christine, Cujo, a bunch of them, but I never got to the Dark Tower ones. Yeah. Uh, somebody also purchased a 400 count of BCW brand comic book bags. Oh, cool. Uh, I'm guessing you didn't purchase any backs for those. Uh, if they did, they would purchase boards. Oh, okay. And, uh, somebody also purchased a, a new 25 pound, uh, 25 pints, 2000 square foot dehumidifier for large rooms or basements, bedroom dehumidifier with drain hose with digital control panel and overheat protection. That's what I need. Overheat protection. Mm -hmm. I have a pool. That's my overheat protection. Todd, before we get into the rest of the Amazon reads. Okay. The last week, as hot as it's been, my pool has been like 94 degrees. Is that good or bad? That's bad. For me, that's bad. It's 98 outside and I get into 94 degree water. I'm like, oh, I'm wet and slightly less hot. <laughs> there you go. And so the last couple days... Over the weekend, I took the solar cover off and I was running the um, the filter at night as opposed to running the filter at day when no one was in it. And yesterday, uh, when you were uh, counting your hard-earned $4 and I was in the <laughs> pool, it was a lovely 86 degrees. Oh. oh, And it felt so good. And my wife hated it. And she's like, I'm getting out. It's too cold. So cold. I'm so cold. Uh -uh. Um, I'm surprised you weren't actually like at the convenience store. Like, give me all the ice you have. No. So what, so what ended part of what ended up happening was because we took, we had the cover off and because it was so hot, a bunch of the water evaporated. So we had to put the hose in, you know, to fill it up with water. And, like, that cold water combined with the cover being off got the pool down nearly 10 degrees. Oh, I'm glad to, I'm glad you were submerged in cool, cool water, Joe. Yes. Uh, did we have any other purchases through the Amazon click-through this week, Todd? We did, and I think it's the person who has connected their comicsology to Amazon because it's a plethora of comics. Um, Willie's Wonderland 1 through 3 which I'm not sure what that is, but that sounds delightful. It's based on the recent Nicolas Cage movie, uh, which is Five Nights at Freddy's, if you're aware of that video game. No. 
uh, Chuck E. Cheese animatronics come to life and are murderous creatures. Okay. Uh, it's essentially they couldn't get the rights to Five Nights at Freddy's, so they just made up their own. And it Fair stars enough. Nicolas Cage battling these things. And this is the comic book based on it. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Venom Lethal Protector 4. Um, that's a great, you know, issue. The only thing that would be better if it was Sign of the Boss. That's all I'm going to say. Well, this is the new uh, series. This is, a, right. this, yeah. I'm just kidding. I just like to get in the one that I was on the cover of. So, um, <laughs> sure. Star Wars 25, Justice League versus the Legion of Superheroes number four, Seven Sons, which is also another one that I'm not sure about. Um, do a power bomb, both one and two. I like to think that you got them to do that. Fingers Jurassic, crossed. Right. Jurassic League number three, which is uh, the Justice League is dinosaurs. And hey, I maybe it escaped my purview or maybe I'm just a dummy. Uh, I didn't realize that Jurassic League uh, was art by Daniel Warren Johnson. Oh, there you go. Three in a row. Yeah, yeah. Making that money, thanks to us. Um, Batman the Night, number seven. Batman Superman, World's Finest, number five. Once again, a book hopefully we got people to read. And finally, uh, Aquaman and the Flash Void Song, number two, which... A side note is a book that I'm reading, which is really interesting because it's a team up that you really wouldn't expect. And it's been, it's been really fun and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It's a three part, uh, you know, prestige format. I knew, wasn't there another green arrow miniseries going on right now? Um, there was that, that was a green arrow oh, Aquaman. Thing right. That, okay. That's what it is. It's green arrow Aquaman. And then there's the flash Aquaman. It's almost like they're trying to get a lot more Aquaman product on the shelves. And it was almost like they were trying to get flash to be out during a certain time too. <laughs> but yeah, it's just the whole fact of like that miniseries Aquaman and, uh, green arrows like, Oh, that's an interesting, like you don't see them teaming up. Yeah, And then, like, this Aquaman Flash, I was like, I like this, too. And it's just an interesting, like, and the one thing that I like about this, I'm, I'm you know, I'm doing a review of a book that, you know, at this end of the show, um, is that everything is told through both their eyes at the same time and how they look at everything differently. No matter what's happening, Flash is doing his inner dialogue right next to... Aquaman's inner dialogue so you get to see how they both look at things differently and they both kind of don't get each other and they both call each other like the warrior and the scientist how they look at things and I'm like I'm fascinated by it it's a fun little like miniseries and that's all we had Joe yeah so hey thanks to anyone uh, who made a purchase this week this month this year this forever uh, I'd like to think this was multiple people that figured out how to connect up their Comixology account through our uh, Amazon click-through, and we appreciate you taking that little extra step uh, to do so. Every little bit helps, uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things. I'm not going to say it keeps the lights on. Like I said before, it's the thing that at the end of the month that makes Todd happy when he gets his cut of the money. Yeah, and I will say, too, I love seeing, like, this week I was, like, happy to see a bunch of comics. Yeah, because sure. I love as, as fun as it is to see the dopey stuff and things that people buy and the long names and the things, you know, the things that we can't mention on this show that we have to mention on the other show. Um, it, it It's great, but it does fill me with joy. Like, cause we're a comic book show. It'd be like, Oh, just somebody buying comics. I just love it. Love it. Love it. So that's all I got, Joe. Yeah. Uh, so again, thank you to everyone uh, for listening this week. 
uh, episode 616 of Longbox Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe saying we'll see you all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. Listening to the soon to be named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.